What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster B here live from the MMB Radio Studios or the MMB Radio Podcast. No topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And I want to welcome in to the phone lines right now. He is the current Monster Factory Pro Wrestling Supersonic Champion, Camden's own Royal Money. Royal, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, Mixmaster? So, I mean, can I call you Royal? Do I have to call you Money? Royal Money? Like, what do we, like, what is the, the proper name here? I want to make sure we're getting this right here for you. I mean, everybody goes with what they feel, man. A lot of people call me Money because I am Money, but a lot of people call me Royal. That, that personally knows me because my grandfather gave me the nickname of Royal because I was a royal child of the family. So, you know what I mean? Whatever flows with you, man. I, it, I Like I said, I don't want no disrespect to you, you know? I mean, you are the current... You know, MFPW Supersonic Champion. So, I mean, all pops and respects to you right now. Um, how does man, that feel? How does it feel to be holding that title right now? Uh man, it feels awesome. Uh, it was a title that I, I wanted to hold for a while. Um, I just never had a chance. You know, it was I was dealing with some of my own demons and things of that nature, and just learning the game of professional wrestling. So. I didn't have the opportunity until now, and like, it's I'm I'm happy that it, it's happening now, and it didn't happen sooner. I don't now, think I would appreciate it as much as I do now. Now I mentioned, you know, Monster Factory Pro Wrestling. Um, you are a student of the Monster Factory, who has put out greats like The Big Show and the, the Headbangers and Sheamus and so many other greats. What's it Don't like? Don't forget D'Lo Brown. And D'Lo Brown. Brown is my favorite wrestler. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm, as I'm saying that right now, I am doing the whole head bobbing and everything. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> you got to recognize D'Lo Brown. So, so many Definitely. great people came out of there. And what does it feel to be not only a student, but saying that you are a part of that lineage of the Monster Factory? Man, it's awesome. Um, like I, uh, man, like it's, it's crazy. Cause I mean, you didn't name Bam Bam Bigelow, but Bam Bam Bigelow, like I met him when I was a kid mm-hmm. and it was just like awesome to find out that he was actually from Jersey and he trained at the monster factory and what he's done for the monster factory. And D'Lo Brown is my, one of my favorite wrestlers and, um, getting a chance to meet him and him giving me his blessing to use the sky high. And it's just like the monster factory is an awesome place. Like with, uh, what buddy Rogers and Larry Sharp started. And now Danny Cage taking the torch and, uh, bringing it to the future. And, and, and we're all like the new breed of this new, uh, wave of the monster factory. Like it's, it's amazing. And like, just to be a part of it, to say like, I added to it and, it added something to me. It's just amazing. And I'm still like, what made me get it? Like they had the old monster factory. They had this t-shirt where they had all the guys who came through the monster factory. And I just wanted my name to be added to that t-shirt. So we might have to get with Danny Cage to make that old style. So we can add the royal money name to the t-shirt. And then it'll come back Thursday shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Now you mentioned the monster factory started by buddy Rogers, who, for most people who probably know or don't know, is from Camden, New Jersey, and you yourself being from Camden, New Jersey, um, what is it? What does it mean to be coming from Camden, New Jersey? I mean, you hear Camden, New Jersey, and for people who are not familiar, people are familiar with Camden, New Jersey. It's not the easiest upbringing. You know, there's a lot of uh, things that can bring you down, a lot of demons, a lot of you know bad angles and bad pathways. Um, what does it mean to be somebody from Camden? who is now doing something positive, doing something like pro wrestling and, and just encouraging others to do that. Um, it, it's amazing because uh, it's amazing. One for like me showing that showing little kids that uh, it's a other way out of the hood. Um, you know, everybody thinks just, you got the only opportunity is football or basketball. And now I'm showing them that, man, you could do professional wrestling and professional wrestling can lead to different things like stunt work and acting and this, that, and the third. It's awesome to be from here. And it's awesome. The, the experiences that I had in this city that made me the man I am today. And, um, everybody thinks that I call myself rural money because I'm going to come out and, and have these, this dollar and that dollar and, 
and kind of be like Ted DiBiase and all those guys. But my skill set is what makes me money. Um, it's a lot of people that wouldn't survive here. And it's a lot of people that, you know, if I was in their opportunity to be uh, grown up with a silver spoon in their mouth, um, like if I ever get that opportunity to be that wealthy, like I can survive even if I was to lose it like the next day. So the skill set and the mentality that growing up from this city gave me is amazing. And I, I cherish that every day because that's the guy who you see in the ring who's street smart and stuff like that. And like, I, I, uh, I've been through the ringer, um, in the city. Like I'm a man, like you talking to a man who shouldn't even be here right now. So like, uh, when I was, uh, born, I was born May 1st of 1985. Uh, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. And every time my mom would push, um, it would like strangle me. And like my heart would just drop and like they had to do emergency C-section. So I should have been taken out from that. And then growing up and being very successful at playing the drums and traveling, playing the drums, doing this, that, and the third, when I was old enough, and my grandfather passed away, I got into the streets and uh, just anything I can get my hands into, I got into that. And that led me to have four different attempts on my life. And I survived all four of those. So this city has gave me a lot of, a lot of opportunities and a lot of heartbreaks at the same time. And uh, that's, it may, it makes me the man who I am today. And I, I wouldn't, if I had an opportunity to change it, I wouldn't change it for anything. That's that's uh that's some deep stuff, man. To taking that all in and yeah. you know you you like you said, imagine you know being one of these people that are born with a silver spoon in their mouth, not having mm-hmm. not having that that hunger or that drive because everything has been handed to them. So I mean, you're right? Talking, and then you know, if, if, and then and then when they if like everything that's been handed to them, when they lose it, they don't know what to do. They think it's the end of the world. Like, like if I had it and I lost it, I would still know how to survive, and that that's what makes me money. I mean, you've been you've been surviving since the days of the womb, so I mean, it just goes to show yeah. that you know you you have that desire. Now, at what at what age have do you have your earliest memories of pro wrestling? Oh man, I my grandfather got me into. Um, into the business watching the guys like Ric Flair, Macho Man, Roddy Piper, um, rest in peace, Big Van Vader. Um, uh, man, Andre the Giant, like I, I, the Iron Sheik, like, and then, um, when I, when I, I got older, uh, like I said, I met Bam Bam Bigelow and, uh, and uh, Pentalkin, which is not too far from Camden, they had this place called the Pentalkin Mart. I met him at the Mart. And the same event. I yeah. was there. They had the triple yeah. threat. Triple mm-hmm. threat. And nice. uh, I don't even know how old I was at this time, but me and my friend, we rode our bike up there. Uh-huh. And they had did a raffle. I got a chance to meet. I'm, I'm so upset that I don't have the paper because they all signed it. Shane, Frank, Shane Douglas. Chris Candido, Bam Bam Bigelow, they all signed it, and I'm like so upset that I don't have this. I know that anymore. feeling. I yeah. had I had a denim jacket signed by Bam Bam that day. One of the old wow. school ECWs. My uncle was actually head of security at the Pensacola Mart at that time. Wow. So I got to meet them, just like you said, you know. And I wish I had. I still have the eight by ten, but that that mm-hmm. denim jacket. I, I I feel the pain on that one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they were raffling off tickets that day, and uh, I don't know if you hear my my pit bull running around in the background. <laughs> He's going crazy. <laughs> but uh, they uh, they were raffling off tickets that day for uh, for tickets to the EC the next ECW show. Mm-hmm. So they was raffling off the last tickets, and I asked the guy, just me being a kid that always speaks what's on his mind. I asked the guy, I said, man. If these people don't come, can we have those tickets? And the dude was like, kid, if they don't come get these tickets, you and your friend can have them. So we were, like, standing there, like, praying. We didn't leave. <laughs> and it was, like, an, an hour passed, and those people didn't come. And uh, he gave us the tickets, and that was my first ECW show. And uh, it was, like, it, that was life-changing. 
for me right there. And I was like, oh, man. Was it at that moment that you knew you wanted to be a pro wrestler, or when did that come about? Um, so my, my two things happened. My, uh, my grandfather passed away and, uh, I, I'm a drummer and my, I have another cousin who's a drummer also. And he played a solo at my grandfather's funeral. And I was just like, you already did it, man. There's no point for me to play a drum solo too. So I was just trying to do something to pay homage to my grandfather. And, um, my grandfather wanted to be a wrestler, but he just didn't have the opportunity because he was a bishop of a church. So I was like, you know what? I'll pursue that career that he wanted. And um, that's what that was one of the reasons I got into it. Um, another reason I got into it was one of my best friends, which I don't really talk about too much because his mom doesn't want me to talk about it. But we were, like, into the streets, and uh, uh, his mother moved him to California, and um, he got into it more. Like, that was, like, the one of the worst moves, like, she could have ever done. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had hit me up one day, and he was like, bro, I got I got some stuff to tell you. And I was like, all right, well, tell me, man. He was like, nah, but I got to come home and tell you. So I was like, that's a long flight for just to tell me something. So he came home, and uh, he was telling me that he was, like, getting into some deep stuff, and he didn't think he had much time on this earth anymore or whatever. And I was like, man, that's crazy. I was like, I've been getting into some stuff too. Like, and I, you know what I mean? I'm, I don't know what's going on either. So we were, uh, everything was like, we talked and everything we was just vibing. And, uh, the day before he was getting ready to go home, um, I can't say what the person pulled up and said, but somebody pulled up that was looking for me. And they wanted to kill me, and they shot four times, and my friend jumped in front of it, and he gave his life up for me. So that that's the second reason that I do professional wrestling is because of him, because his last words to me um, was to get my SHIT together. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I, I still didn't get my head straight, but then uh, five years later from that day, um, my daughter was born on the same exact day. And that's when I got myself together and I got out the streets and I stopped doing what I was doing. And then after that, I was trying, I was like dealing with some, uh, court issues. And then, uh, September of 2012, I was like, uh, you ever see that commercial? It's the guy that's like, man, you're just at home sitting on the couch and you should be doing this, that, and the third and get in school. It was that guy. I seen that. Com- I used to see that commercial all the time. I'd be like, man, he right. But one day that commercial did come on on a Saturday, and uh, it just struck something in me that day. And um, I uh, I went to the Monster Factory, and I made my down payment, and I started training at 28 years old. No, it's, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a higher power of some sort was sending you a lot of a uh, lot of signals, a lot of signs there. You know, and, yeah. and they've been persistent with it. They're making sure that, yep. you know, hey, like, I'm going to throw this one at you. And, and you know, you just kind of kept swatting them away for a while. And then it finally yeah. all kind of came together. So you, yep. you went ahead and you put your down payment on the Monster Factory. And what was that experience like when you went in there? Were you thinking, like, did you have a mindset of what it was going to be like and what it actually was when you first started there? And did you like? Did you want to just give up? Like, because I mean, a lot you hear a lot of stories about pro wrestlers back in the day. You know, they kind of break them down and uh, kind of make them humble to see if this is really what they want to do. What was your first experience like at the Monster Factory? Um. Well, I I was doing like I was training like jujitsu and stuff like that. I had had a couple like little tournaments, like submission tournaments, to try to get in shape for wrestling because. Um, the old Monster Factory was in Belmar before I started, was in Belmar. And uh, I went to that uh, location, and the door was locked. So I, on, the, on the side of the building, it had in pink, it was a white building, but in pink it said uh, Saturday sh- so shows every Saturday at 2 p.m. So I came that Saturday at 2.30, 
and uh, the door was still locked. So I'm like, man, what is going on? So um, that's what led me into doing, like, you know, getting into the MMA part. And uh, I was doing that, and it just wasn't what I wanted to do. So I had stopped for a year, and I was just playing Xbox and not doing anything, eating really, really bad, this, that, and the third. And uh, so I got fat. I was like 260 uh 260 i was 260 fat like i'm 267 now but i'm i'm not as fat as i was at 260 at that time um and then i came i came and i uh, put that down payment down and i tra- i trained and the first wednesday like killed me cardio wise like it killed me like it was so much we did like we were running the medicine balls we have to run the rolls we have to do squats we have to do burpees and run the cones we had to do all this stuff, and uh, I was so winded. Like, you know, like, when you try to drink water from the water fountain, like, the whole process is, like, you're sucking in, and you suck in the water. I had no wind to suck in. When I tried to suck in, I, I almost died. I just let <laughs> – I just opened my mouth. Yeah. I just opened my mouth and let the water fall in my mouth and fall out. That's, like, the only energy I had to do. Like, I couldn't drink the water. And – uh that one, it kicked my butt, and, like, I was like, man, I can't wait to go back. And then when I went back the next day, my cardio was much better. Like, it had snapped back, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. Now, I'm not saying that it was a smooth run all the way through, but I'm not a person who, like, you know, gives up, um, give up easy. But uh, the end of last year, I did deal with my demons, and, like, you know, four and a half, five years in, that's when I finally quit. And uh, Danny Cage says I lost my smile, <laughs> and uh, I took a break from the factory. And I was still wrestling other places and training other places, but I wasn't training as much as I was when I was at the factory. So I lost, I lost my smile, as Dan say, for a couple of months. And then it was like the whole, it was like the whole winter, the winter. You know, it was a long winter we had, and uh, when it started getting warm just recently. Um, I, one of my one of the guys at the factory, his name is Bender. Um, he had hit me up on Snapchat, and he I forget he's always sending me some weird stuff with his cats all the time. Like if you ever get a chance <laughs> to check out Bender, check out Bender. The cat. Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, the cat man. And uh, he was sending me something with his cat, so I didn't even acknowledge what he sent me. I just was like, "Yo, man, you think I should come to Factory Friday tonight?" Because they was having a Factory Friday show, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, why not, man?" So I was like, you think I should hit up Dan or, you know, uh, just come. So he never responded. So he hit up my old tag team partner, Getty Cahoon. And uh, Getty was like, hey, man, you coming to the factory? And I was like, yeah, I was thinking about it. But I was like, I'm not sure. He's like, yo, you should come. Dan has been asking about you. And uh, I was like, all right, man, you think I should text him? And he was like, yeah, I don't see what would hurt. So um, I was like, if he don't respond, I'm just going to come anyway. So. I texted Dan, and he was like, I was like, yo, man, is it cool to come to the show? He's like, yeah, why not? And then he texted me again. I was like, all right, I'll be there. He's like, all right, tickets, tickets are $100. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I got you. <laughs> and uh, um, then that that's he was like, you know, like one of the first things he said to me, was like, when are you coming back to train or whatever? And I was like, I'll be here Tuesday. And then that's when I uh, I came back, and um, I had some matches with uh, one of the Primal Fear members, uh, Soriano. And we had, uh, like, a, just a series of matches, and every match just got better and better. And uh, that third match, I ended up winning the Supersonic Championship um, thanks to Nicholas Camarado. Well, yeah, Nicholas Camarado, he came out in the earlier half of the show and gave him, like, four or five spears. So I just took advantage of that and still to do. When opportunity now knocks, super- you got to answer. Yeah. In every aspect and form of it, it sounds like, you know, you've, you've had a lot of, uh, you know, battles where you, like said, you had to overcome to get where you're at. But yep. tell me a little bit about Royal Money. For people who are, you know, going to see a show who don't know who Royal Money is, besides the backstory, what can they expect to see from Royal Money? Well, you know, everybody has this, uh, they think professional wrestling is fake. And like, to me, it's not fake. 
And when you come see Royal Money, Royal Money will be, make you believe. And you'll leave there knowing that professional wrestling is not fake when I'm in the ring. You can see a lot of other guys and you're like, man, that's fake. But when you see Royal Money, I'm the guy that's not going to make you want to tune in to watch the UFC. When you see me, you're going to want to tune in and watch me. And that's what who Royal Money is. I, I grab your attention. I don't need to jump over the top rope and fly. I don't need to throw this kick, that kick in the third. Like everything that I do that's authentic to me will captivate you and not make you want to watch anything else. Now, you, you go by this hashtag, more iconic than Jesus. So kind of explain that yep. to everybody who wants to know, like, what do you mean by more iconic than Jesus? Well, I I I go to church. Like I told you, my, my grandfather was a bishop, and uh, my grandma was a pastor. And I've been in church, around church all my life. And uh, just um, as I got older, I mean, I, I, loved, I loved going to church. I still play the drums at church on Sundays. Um, but it's some things that I don't agree with in the Bible. I have my own viewpoints, and um, I feel like um, – I'm in my Jesus years right now. I'm 33 years old, so this is my Jesus years. Jesus died when he was 33. Um, and I just feel like this world is crying out for this, that, and the third. And we got kids that don't, don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm out here helping these kids see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I feel like I'm – I don't feel like – I'm sorry. I am more iconic to Jesus because I just feel like right now he's not here doing it. I'm here doing it. Okay, okay. And I'm like changing kids, kids' lives every day. And they don't go back and say, oh, Jesus did this. They say Royal Money did it. Now, when people come out to a show, okay, and a lot mm -hmm. of people, you know, they, they, they say, you know, oh, this is the good guy. That's the bad guy. Now, when we were talking off air, you were telling mm -hmm. me that, you know, you don't, you are, you just go out there. You're not a character. Royal Money is real yep. life. It's who you are. Um, yep. Do you see people out there who, who try to portray something that they're not? And what, what is your take on something like that? I, I see it all the time. Um, I see people who always want to be the Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Roddy Piper, and they just want to be the badass. But it's like, how can you go out here and be a badass when you've been bullied all your life? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. There's no way that you can make me believe you're a badass when you've been shoved in lockers, People have stole your chocolate milk and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's no way you can play a badass. But you can play a guy who knows how to fight from from underneath. You know what I mean? Like, I was in Payton, uh, this tag team called Payton Fool, and, like, we would, like, get our ass kicked all the time. And people were like, man, like, you guys never, you're always getting your ass handed to you. And, like, people are like, it was hard for me to act like I was scared of guys, like guys like Matt Riddle and Punishment Martinez and all these big intimidating guys. It was hard to me to act like I was scared because I legit wasn't scared of these guys. So I had to, you know what I mean, work at it, work at it, and, you know what I mean, be be a chicken heel. And I, I got good at it. Um, but everybody asked me, how could you be from Camden and be this tough guy? But play this character and I was like because I'm secure with myself and I know when I walk out these doors I'm a badass in the street so like me playing this character as a guy who's scared all the time is not belittling my character at any by any means necessary like it's not belittling me so long as my job is being done and the guy who books me or the promoter is happy I'm good mm-hmm but now when it's my time, like, but at, at the same time, I, I, I struggle with promos because everything that I was doing was fake. And I needed stuff that was real to, for me to talk good. It had to be real. Like, if it's fake, like, I just stumble and I get my thoughts messed up, this, that, and the third. Um, but when it's real, it'll just flow. And it wasn't like Dan always teaches like, man, you got to have this character. You got to have this. 
you gotta have you gotta be the total package and i struggle because i was like man like i'm trying to play this character but like if i just be me i'm fine and that's when you was like i was like what's your character and i was like i'm not a character i'm just me mm-hmm. and like they say we turn the volume up to 20 but like the volume is not up it's just who i am like some days i get up and I want to love the world. I want to hug everybody. I want to be generous. I want to do this. And then some days I just hate the world and I want to hurt people. So like, you never know what you're going to get when you see me in the ring because like, I'm always wearing my emotions. I'm wearing them. And like, whatever you get is what you get. Well, and like people can relate to that. That's good to know for people who are about to step into the ring with you, you know, that like you you might, you might get, you know, a hug or you might get your ass kicked. So, (laughs) <laughs> yep. It all depends what real money is feeling but, like. But but the consistency will always be you will get your ass kicked in the ring. That <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Good or bad. Like if I'm happy or if I'm sad, you're still going to get your ass kicked. You're going to feel every strike in that ring. Now, let me ask you, what do you what do you love about pro wrestling? Like what is the one thing that just always keeps you coming back? Because, I mean, as a kid, everything that I was ever going through that, uh, that just, I couldn't, like, I couldn't deal with, when I watched professional wrestling, it made me leave it behind. However many hours I was watching, um, at that time when I was a kid, it was only two hours. Um, but we would be switching back from WCW and, uh, WWE, uh, well, WWF at the time, uh, we would be switching back. So, like, those four, those two hours, um, everything that I was going through, it didn't matter. And that's why I love professional wrestling. Um, now, as being a professional wrestler, now we, uh, we're all trying to get a job somewhere. And it becomes frustrating sometimes. But for me, like, like it became frustrating that one time where I quit for a little bit. But for that time, it wasn't. And for now, which I'm not quitting ever again, I always go back to what made me love professional wrestling, what made me fall in love to it. And that's what keep my, keep my fire. Like, but what made me love professional wrestling, wrestling, ah, stumbling over my words. What made me love professional wrestling is what makes me forget all of that, you know what I mean, negative stuff about the business. Now, if there was one thing that you could change about the business, something that you would like to see done differently, no matter what aspect of the business it is, what would it be and why? Um, well, there's one thing in training <laughs> that, that, uh, that annoys me about professional wrestling. Um, so, like, when you're training and, like, you got a whole bunch of guys and you're all going through drills and, like, you see this guy miss out doing something, you see that guy miss out doing something, and then the trainer sees it too and it's like, so you're thinking, like, oh, man, he's not doing this. I'm going to do it when I get in the ring. But a tr- your trainer has been around the business so long, he sees the same mistake that you see. So now he'd be like, yo, man, you guys are not doing it this way. and You're not doing it that way. And it's like, oh, now I'm next, man. If I do it, then. (laughs) Yeah, like now now I do it, I'm only doing it because he said it. And it's like, oh, man, you messed it up for me. Like, let everybody get through the drill and let everybody make the mistake or not make the mistake. And then if, if everybody doesn't do it the way you wanted them to do it, then say something. But see everybody first. And then say what you need to say. Don't say it in the middle. Now you mess it up for the guys that might have did what you wanted to do, wanted them to do, or how you wanted them to do it. That's just one of the things that like uh, irks me about professional wrestling. Other than that, like any business you get in is going to have its ugly side and its good side. So it's just like it's just how you maneuver in it and how you get to where you need to get and accomplish your goals in that. Now, being a pro wrestler, obviously everybody has goals that they want to make it to here, make it to there. What is what is like mm-hmm. a short-term goal for you? What is a long-term goal for you? Like where do you want to ultimately see Royal Money end up? 
Well, well, when I first got into professional wrestling, my only goal was to wrestle in the ECW arena. Um, and I just recently did that on June 2nd. That was the only thing on my bucket list for professional wrestling. And shout out to Luke Hawks and shout out to Danny Cage for making that happen. Um, Wildcat uh, uh, Sports uh, from Louisiana just had a show at the ECW arena. This is their second year doing it. They had a show at the ECW arena. And I couldn't do it last year because I had another booking elsewhere. But I got a chance to wrestle in the ECW arena uh, on June 2nd this year. And that was the only thing I had on my bucket list. And uh, it wasn't until I got to the Monster Factory that I believe that I can make it to the WWE. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't have any expectations because I was only doing it for my best friend and my, for my grandfather. And I went to the ECW arena from, from those free tickets. So like that was, that was the bucket list, the, the top of the line bucket list for me. So now I have to make a new bucket list. You know, I got a, a couple of things that on the bucket list now, like, you know, uh, being the first black member of the Bullet Club, stuff like that. So let's see if I can make that happen. Now, you went, <laughs> you went, you went full circle. You went from going to see a show at ECW Arena to actually performing in the ECW Arena. And yeah. you mentioned being, like, the first black member of the Bullet Club and you know, mm-hmm. doing different things like that. What are you currently watching? Do you, do you uh, study film? from other independent leagues or WWE and NXT and like, are you watching that stuff? And like, what do you take away from that? Um, I, I watch, I, I love a lot of the old TNA uh, stuff. Like I used to watch that a lot, like aces and eights and before like Hogan and them actually came in, uh, you know, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, um, all that stuff. Um, uh, I watch a lot of NXT. I watch a lot of New Japan. Um, I love the world of sport. Uh, like I, I'm a big fan of Fit Finley. Um, my style is kind of like Fit Finley, like very hard hitting. So you're um, into the strong style form of pro wrestling. Yeah, like I feel like my strong style is very different. Uh, I don't feel like uh, the, my strong style. I don't feel like anybody's in my lane right now. I feel like it's just me. And then it's that strong style that everybody else does. Now, what is, who would be your, your, your ultimate, like, fantasy dream opponent? Mm. Man, I've, ne- I've never even thought about that. Off the top of the head, this first half of D'Lo Brown would be my ultimate dream opponent. Um, that's just one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, I love, uh, I like, Cody Rhodes, I would love to, you know, mix it up with him. Uh, man, any guy that's like, you know, uh, that's like hard hitting, uh, like Keith Lee, uh, Walter, uh, Matt Riddle. I uh, I was one of Matt Riddle's first matches in the Monster Factory, um, and then I would love to like wrestle him where, where he progressed to now. Um, I think we could. Have an awesome match. Um, who else? Man, it's a lot of guys. Like, like me. Like, I. Uh, I even want to wrestle guys that don't have a name that's like new and up and coming. Because like, you can wrestle all these top guys that has a name and uh, that that's very good at their game, like uh, Marty Skull or Will Ospreay or Ricochet or The Dream. Like, all those guys are good. And it's like you're going to always have a good match when you put two guys together. But I want to have matches with people that's not good so you can see how well I can control and be a ring general and have an awesome match with somebody that probably can only throw a back elbow and how you can work into just making that person look good with just throwing the back elbow. Um, I want to have matches with everybody, but the ultimate dream match would be like probably Cody Rhodes um, D'Lo Brown, guys like that. Now you do have the uh, the Monster Factory, so MFPW is going to have their show the twenty second, factory approved at the world famous Monster yep. Factory, and you can get tickets at monsterfactory.org or at the door. Now you you have mm-hmm. a title defense that night, correct? 
Yes, I'm uh, facing uh, Impact Superstar Fala Ba. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a challenge because normally I'm always the strong guy in the match, but now I have to figure out how to do it with a guy who I can, can't even lift, you know, so. Um, well, I got to stop gonna be you so right fun. there because, I mm-hmm. mean, if anybody follows you on Twitter at Camden Royalty, I mean, mm-hmm. for someone who's not sure how they're going to do this, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of, of verbal jabs being, you know, that you're going to uh, you're going to hurt a panda bear. Um, you, That's you know, true. How you, have you ever seen a panda bear get hit with a roaring elbow? I haven't, but I'll be true. the first to do so on June 22nd. It's going to be hashtag impact. Um, so, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it sounds like you already have the strategy lined up to take him on. Um or is this just mind games, or what is this? No, I have the strategy. It's just just because I can't lift them don't mean I don't have a strategy to still beat them. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, he associates with panda bears, and, you know, they are bears. But now I'm just going to have to use my street smart and my finesse this time, which I don't never have to use finesse. I'm always the the brute force guy but now and as though he's bigger and stronger this is the opportunity i get to use my finesse and street smart now what if he were to you know say accidentally get the pinfall what what, what, what would that would that cause like some kind of outrage like how are you going to react to that i don't know i that's what i'm saying because you never know what you're going to get from royal money like i i don't know what would happen if he was to get the pinfall, but there might not I be a code of honor. There might be, you know, a beat down afterwards, or you never know. I might grab out, grab one of those chairs out of the audience. I don't, I don't know what could happen. Well, you ever we... seen the picture I put up with the chair hitting the panda? Like, uh huh. You don't know. That, that could I'm unpredictable, ha- you know. That could happen, and and you know, the best way to find out what would happen. Come like, on yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the Monster <laughs> Factory. You know, Paulsbury, New Jersey. Doors open 7.30 p.m. Action starts at 8. So, you know, get there early. Again, you can get tickets at monsterfactory.org or at the door. Um, so, I would definitely guarantee getting there early because we have people who, like, come with grills, and they'd be out there, like, 3 o'clock grilling and, so and waiting for the tailgate party going open. on. Yeah. Yep. So... I would definitely get there early. Now, I, I mean, I know you can eat a lot of different animals and everything. I don't know about panda bear. You know, I don't know exactly. I've never tried the meat, but I, I've had frog legs. I've had alligator. I have snake. I, I don't mind trying the panda this time. You know, we might have to uh, cut and dice him up a little bit uh, in the ring. Yeah. Now, like, yep. when you're a pro wrestler, you know, you look at the kids look at you as you're bigger than life. You're a superhero to them. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have any fears when you're in a ring? Um, no, I mean, that's just one of those things where you have to, like, I don't know if you see, like, a lot of wrestlers, we, but we wipe our feet on the outside of the ring before we step in. Mm-hmm. Every, everything that we're going through, we leave it right there on that apron. And, like, we're, when we're in that ring, it's it's about you know, protecting the guy you're in there with and um, giving him your body and he protecting you and this, that, and there. So if I was to get hurt, I mean, I don't It That's the part of the business. That's the nature of the beast. But uh, if I, I, I hope it doesn't happen. But if it happens, that's just a part of it. Like, so I'm never afraid because, I mean, I hurt my knees before. So um, and doing something as simple as up and over and you would think like, getting slammed through a table or through a door or this, that, and the third, you would, uh, that would hurt you. But I did it up and over and like somebody actually got a picture of it. It was the most beautiful one I've ever did. I've never done them that beautiful since. Um, but it was a beautiful up and over. And, uh, I, when I landed, it was just like one of those freak accidents as the ring, as I was coming down, the ring was coming up and, uh, it met and my knee, uh, twisted, uh, the opposite ways. And, I went down and couldn't walk, but, uh, and then that time it was like guys, all these different guys was coming in. I was so pissed because Jay Lethal came in 
and rolled around with everybody, and I was just standing on the sidelines, not able to wrestle. And it's like, man, like who doesn't want to wrestle? Jay? That's another guy that I would love to wrestle. Actually, I forgot to put him on the list. Jay Lethal. Um, if he wanted to be Jay Lethal or Black Machismo, I don't care. I wrestle both of them. Um, <laughs> Triple but yeah, actually. like <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, like, he was there, and I wasn't able to roll around with him, and I was just I was just hurt, and, like, it was the worst thing ever. But that's a part of the business. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, thank God. Now, what is what is life like for Royal Money when you're not doing pro wrestling? You mentioned you go to church. You mentioned, you know, you have your daughter. Um, but what is, what is the, yep. what's a normal day in the life of Royal Money like? Is it always, you know, glamorous as a pro wrestling star? Or, you know, is it just normal life? Like, what is, what's life like? Well, I think, I think life is awesome. I still live in Camden. Uh, um, you know, sometimes people make it famous and uh, they leave the city that they're from. But uh, I feel safe here. Um, I'm not the king of my city for nothing. It's not just a moniker. It's actually real life. Um, so um, I'm still in Camden. I enjoy it here. Um, and then when I'm like not wrestling, I'm uh, I'm I'm still playing. I still play the drums. Uh, I'm a father. I have two kids. I have a 13 year old girl and a seven year old boy. Um, we play Fortnite and uh, we go get our nails done. I, like people don't see my feet, but I go get my <laughs> nails done with my daughter. <laughs> um, the manis uh, and petties son. are needed when you're rolling around in that yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 man. I like when they scrape the skin off my feet and stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> what do your, what do your um, kids I, I think when you you being a pro wrestler? Like, is uh, it, they, is it just you know this is something a dad does, or you know are they like totally like on board? You know, want to get into the business? Like, how much interest do they have in pro wrestling? My son is actually already a good wrestler. Like, he can like bump really well, and I'm like, man, it's amazing. Like, this seven year old can like really take a bump and he's always like emulating stuff. He emulates me, but he, he, his, my interest in music is still John Cena's because that's his favorite wrestler. Um, John Cena, he has the John Cena cologne and all this stuff. So, and that's what, that's what, who my daughter says too. Like, dad, are you going to ever wrestle John Cena? So like my, my goal right now, that's actually on my back of the list is to at least wrestle John Cena once so I can make my kids happy and make them think I'm cool. Cause right now I suck. I, I, I suck at Fortnite. I suck at Call of Duty. My son says I'm trash. So I, if I can wrestle John Cena, I can be cool. But and you actually, are the he, MFPW Supersonic Champion. So, I mean. That's true. And I, and I let my son hold the belt. I let my daughter hold the belt. But they don't get it, man. <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> Some people would trade for tonight to be able to do something like that, you know? So I know, right? You got you to let the kids know, like, hey. Yeah, you know, Daddy might be not the best at Fortnite, but guess what? Everybody that's good at Fortnite can't say that they're the MFPW Supersonic Champion. So exactly, you know, it's just it goes. I'm gonna have to roll up to their school with the belt one day. You should and walk walk around them. Just have the John Cena music playing real loud in the system. You know what I mean? (laughs) Get it like a little like smoke machine to blow smoke out the you know the car and everything, and then you know, you got to make it epic. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait till they have a career day. They always get their mothers to come on a day and never meet. So, yes, my daddy's a dentist. Yeah, well, my dad is the MFPW Super <laughs> Champion. My dad, my dad will knock your dad's teeth out, and he can fix them later. There you, there, there you go. See, and you said you were having issues with promos. You know what I mean? It's all about the smack yeah. talk. You know, right, right. So, no, I, no, it's just, it's just like when I was playing the character of Peyton Fool. That's when I was having issues with promos, but now Royal Money, I'm myself. I'm fine mm-hmm. because I, I just I just do what I did with like my all my cousins and stuff. We would just always, you know, what I mean, run jokes on each other and stuff like that. And you had to be quick because you didn't get a joke back out in 30 seconds, you lost. Yeah, that's so. it's that's how it is. You know, you can only say yeah. your mom. You can only say your mama so many times. You know, right. you before, before you got to get that. Uh, you got to get that in there, that jab. So yeah. So for uh, people that are on social media, people that are, you know, just just hanging out on the Internet all day, every day, where can people find out more about Royal Money? Um, well, 
I have uh, a, my website is uh, more more iconic than Jesus dot com. Um, you can go on that website, um, and you can you're connected to my Twitter, my uh, Instagram, my Snapchat. Um, all my Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram, even Tumblr, is all Camden royalty. Um, everything is all the same. Um, that's that's why I'm the king of Camden. Nobody has that name. How, who? How many people can say they can get that the same name on all forms of social media? So you really can't. Um, I don't. I don't even have a Snapchat. If somebody has Mixmaster B, and I, I'm like, oh, uh, for real? Wow. The, the, the name is copyrighted. It's trademarked. You can't have it. Right. But, you know. Yeah. Right. So Snapchat wasn't trying to hear it. They didn't care. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's I, I might. I might to bring you. I might need to bring you along with me. You know what I mean? Bring oh, that title belt. You know, and yeah. just kind of just smack some people around. Be like, you know. Definitely. I don't know. I, I don't know if you heard WWF or PETA or any other kind of animal uh, activist group out there, but you know this guy here, he, he beats up panda bears, you know, for a yep. living. You know, Kung for Fu Panda ain't got nothing on royal money. Nothing. Nothing. You know, you know so I need I, I need somebody to go in there and just kind of just you know smack people around a little bit, you know, so I can get. I'm here if you need me, man. We would definitely get your Snapchat on the popping. I, I might need to and hire everybody. you for services, you know. And yeah, I'm like the new APA. <laughs> you, you could, you could be Royal Money Inc. You know, right? There you yeah. go, Royal Money Inc. <laughs> you know, like we we gotta yeah. get you a briefcase with money in it. You know what I mean? And yeah, have little kids try to bounce a, a basketball. You know, and yeah, just kind of stop them. From I always happening. wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted, always to, wanted to show him up. You know. Yeah. So oh, the closest I've gotten to it is uh, if little kids come to the show and they don't have a sign with my name on it, I'm ripping it up and it's confetti. There you go. You know, it's like it's like it's like a New Japan Pro Wrestling. They throw your streamers. We could just throw confetti. Yeah. You know, and, yep. you know, it might it might start a new trend. You know, bring confetti yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna be at the show this Friday. Monster Factory. You got to keep plugging this. You know. Monster Factory, factory approved, you know, monsterfactory.org. You get your mm. ticket, you bring your confetti, you get there early, you do a little, you know, tailgating, you have some, you know, hot dogs, some hamburgers, some, you know, also, some drinks. Also, you get a, you get a uh, free poster. See, there you go. Free is good. Free is awesome. You know? I might sign it or I might not, you know. Well, hey, you know what? For people who don't have a sign with your name on it, if you sign that poster, guess what? Your name it's is now worth on money. It. it is. It is going to be something worth <laughs> money. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, man. again, everybody check him out this Friday at the Monster Factory, Paul's Barrow, for factory approved. Uh, he's going to be defending the MFPW Supersonic Championship. It's going to be an epic impact moment. So you do not want to yeah. miss that. Um, anything you want any of these listeners to know? Any final thoughts? Um. I, uh, if you, uh, you're looking for a cool birthday opportunity, um, the Monster Factory does birthday parties. Um, we have different packages for different budgets and, uh, your kids can get in the wrestling ring and roll around. You never know. You request royal money. Royal money might show up at your kid's party. I might bring the supersonic title, things of that nature. Um, so if you go to the, the monsterfactory.org, you can see everything about a Monster Factory birthday party. We're the originators. We were the first to do it. And if you go anywhere else, they're just imitators, and it's not going to be that authentic feel. Um, so, and then you can see all the reviews of uh, people who attended a Monster Factory party. Most of my fans that I have that follow me all was from uh, a Monster Factory party. Um, I did them as soon as I started at the factory. And I don't think I haven't done them in a while, but I don't think anybody at the factory has done more than I've done. And I haven't done them in like almost a year and they still want exceed how many I've done. I used to do parties all the time, all day. And, um, that's what, you know, I want people to check out. Like the parties are amazing. However many kids you bring. Well, it's definitely a lot. Sounds like it's a lot more fun than a moon bounce, you know? So definitely. Yeah. So it, kids, you know, they're going to be starting to listen to this, and they're going to hopefully take some insight out of it, hopefully encourage yeah. some of these youth out there to 
to stay focused and, and, you know, and steer themselves in the right direction and kind of learn from your experiences growing up mm-hmm. and encourage mom and dad to, you know, you know what, maybe we don't need the mood bounce. You know, maybe we just need royal money at my birthday party. You know, yep. I don't want pony and all the, I want, all the, I want that all the superstars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing time. I I enjoy doing them actually. Like I have so much fun um, doing the parties. Like it's amazing, and that's like how I became an awesome wrestler because I had some of the first matches before I got on the main show doing the parties. Because like they they teach you how to do moves, and then the end is uh, a match, a live match, mm-hmm. and um, the kid comes in. And they'll do their favorite wrestler's finisher on you and stuff like that. It's an amazing time. Well, the most honest people in the world are children. So if a child yep. sees you in the ring and tells you you suck, guess what? You suck. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good that you're, you're getting that instant feedback from the children, you know? Yeah. Royal Money loves the children. So Yeah, I do, man. Well, we appreciate you again coming on, talking to us a little bit, kind of sharing your life story with us. And uh, hopefully, you know, we see a a successful title defense at Factory Approved. Again, monsterfactory.org. Get your tickets. Bell time is at 8 o'clock. Doors open at 730. Make sure you get there early. And, uh, you know, if you you love panda bears, I don't know, you you might see something that you, you might, you know, give me some nightmares later on. I'm not too sure. I can't guarantee. <laughs> can't guarantee that. You know, yeah. you, you might want to. You know, probably like I said pop in that uh, the Kung Fu Panda DVD and shed a tear because uh, it's probably yeah. gonna, it's going to go down on Friday at the Monster Factory yeah. for Factory Approved. Well, I, I recommend Penguins. I recommend Penguins. So everybody should start watching Happy Feet instead of Kung Fu Panda. There, you know what? And if you have to go through the whole, you know. The, you know, line of the animal kingdom, you know, until, uh, you know, you let everybody know who's, you know, the, the king of the yard there. Um, yeah. it's, it's what you got to do. Sometimes the sacrifices need to be made, you know, to get where you need to be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, we, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us, and uh, we hope to hear and see more big things coming from you real soon. And uh, it's just been, yeah, it's been yeah, an yeah, honor yeah. and a pleasure, you know, talking to someone who's local, who is doing their thing and just, you know, much respect to you right now. Thanks, man. I appreciate being on. Thanks for having me on, man. I, I really appreciate this. Not a problem, man. You have a great evening. You also, man. This is the King of Camden, the MFPW Supersonic Champion, Royal Money. And you're listening to Mix Master B on MMB Radio. Tune in, because this show is money.